Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast, commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, 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 subscribe and comment. Thank you very much for all those that have and do. Okay, so today I finally wanted to get to uh, talk, wanted to get to, is that, it's a it's bad phrasing, I wanted to get, uh, I'm going to say it anyway, to the, the smart, some of the smart tech that's going on here, so um, smart speed cameras and facial recognition and also the spraying of chemicals in the sky and apparently some people think that's still a conspiracy but it is not. Uh, unfortunately today what well, we've got news coming out of New Zealand that I think we kind of really need to get to get ahead of the curve a bit and um, so I'm going to go into that and I'll do the smart tech stuff and the weather manipulation stuff tomorrow again I've been putting it off because things just keep coming up but we'll get to that tomorrow that's going to be tomorrow's episode unless something ridiculous or insane happens and you never know with the state of the world that could very well be the case, but I'll get to those um, topics tomorrow. Uh, today I wanted to talk about another brewing protest in New Zealand, uh, but before I go into that, as always, it's the weekend recap. Now this weekend recap is actually going to be shorter and a little bit different because it's actually just something that happened on the weekend. Now I had a few uh, family members go to the Royal New Zealand ballet's uh, performance of Cinderella they put on the Cinderella performance and uh, let's just say it wasn't exactly Cinderella so I'm just going to read because once they told me about it what the how the story how they changed the story I uh, went straight to the New Zealand uh, the Royal New Zealand Ballet and had a look at their website and then I went to a, a dance review site for, uh, out of Australia so I'll just briefly read some of that because uh, let's just say my family members were not impressed by what they did. Uh, for So this is from danceaustralia.com.au it's a review of the, the ballet. And if you actually go to the New Zealand Royal Ballet's website it does have the, the buzzwords come in. You know the social justice type buzzwords that we, we used to sing. Anyway this is the uh, part, of, part of the review. For Royal New Zealand Ballet, Australian-born Lachlan, Lolan, Lolan, I don't know how to say that, Prior has choreographed a version of Cinderella that is quite startlingly different from anything we might have seen before. To a certain extent, it does follow the familiar story of Cinderella. But Prior has looked beyond and beneath the well-worn narrative and has created a ballet that investigates the notion of having the courage to follow one's dreams and desires in whatever form they may take. You know where this is leading. Perhaps the major change Pryor has made concerns sexual orientation. Prince Charming doesn't fall in love and marry Cinderella. He is attracted to and finds happiness with another man, Prince Dashing, from a neighbouring kingdom. As for Cinderella, the shoe loss at the ball does fit her, but she doesn't marry the prince. She finds her happiness with a royal messenger, who initially comes to the door of her home with invitations to the ball and who reappears in her life at various times. So, yeah. The prince is gay. Cinderella marries a postman. And from what my family said as well is that the fairy godmother 
and this may be extremely obvious what they were going to do with it the fairy godmother has a bunch of helpers six or so helpers that come out with her when she appears and they are men in dresses now in previous in the previous era of entertainment that would have been considered funny oh cross-dressing oh that's hilarious in current times it's more of a a gender statement let's put it that way so the family that went and saw it weren't impressed and you got to remember that there's a lot of um particularly young girls that go to this and i just think you're going to see cinderella a classic fairy tale and you have to put your own gender ideology into the story because that's what we're pushing now and this isn't even radical this is not shocking anymore it's just it's become common in everything so there you go prince charming is gay and cinderella likes postmen and fairy godmother has a bunch of men in dresses helping her of course they're advertising this ballet as you'll never see anything like it again no we will the next one next year you'll you'll butcher the story again you'll change it to fit some sort of weird subjective view that you have of the world and this is now this is equality and acceptance and see this is just what happens now men in dresses and uh you know it's just it is what it is it's just life and you've got to accept it it's not shocking and it's not i just i I love the fact that it's advertised as you never see a, uh, a ballet or a play like this again no we see something of its ilk every week now coming out of whether it's stories and books being published and targeted at children or drag queen story hour or movies with things like she hulk complaining about well the usual feminist complaints and that she's better at controlling her anger because she's had to put up with a lot more irritation in her life and uh, it's just (laughs) on and on it goes and that's this weekend's recap (laughs) Or, or what happened on the weekend anyway gonna get to the main topic so what is the main topic did I mention? I think I did. Is the the upcoming protest, which is tomorrow in New Zealand, Tuesday, the twenty third, and the reason they're holding this protest on the twenty third is because it's um, uh, the uh, a day on which the house is actually sitting again. So the the MPs are coming together again. Now, there's been a lot of things happening that, taken in isolation, you can go, ah, oh, it's just a small thing, but added together, you can see. You can see a direction, you can see almost uh, what I would call a, a little plan being put in action. I'll start with, well, this particular stuff article, article, which came out today. It's called Peaceful Protest at Parliament Allowed. Disorder and Disruption Won't Be Tolerated, says the Deputy Prime Minister. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister Grant Robertson says preserving the right to peacefully protest is important, but mass disorder and disruption won't be tolerated. The Wellington Central MP's comments come ahead of fresh anti-government protest action planned for Tuesday. Now roads have been closed and buses diverted in anticipation of the arrival of Brian Tamaki's Freedom and Rights Coalition at Parliament Grounds, expected to attract upwards of 1,000 protesters. Uh, while so again they're bringing in Brian Tamaki because they have to have fall people they have to have uh, uh, people to frame as the bad guys and then bring in everyday Kiwis and everyday people that just believe in freedom then they can say well they can relate you to them they can attach you 
to that movement by putting a face on the movement. And so you've got people like Brian Tamaki in Freedom and Rights Coalition, and then you've got others, say, from Counterspin Media or even uh, independent uh, people reporting on all this, like Chantel Baker, um, who is a Christian and whose father used to be the head of the New Conservative Party. People like that are being framed and uh, almost as quote-unquote leaders, and you see this happen all the time. Now it says, uh, while groups left from Kaitai and Bluff during the weekend and New Plymouth on Monday, they have failed to draw big crowd numbers so far, with just a few cars making the journey to the capital. Now, now um, when you've got people in that coming from Bluff, um, <laughs> I mean, Bluff's the end of the South Island. They're, they're making a huge trip. And people coming from the South Island, what's... So, the Deputy Prime Minister, Grant Robinson, has said that they've been planning for this, and there's been a lot of plans in place that have been, there's been a lot of plans being put in place and they're taking this very seriously. Now, people coming from the South Island are either going to have to fly or take a boat or take their cars onto the ferry or whatnot. So what did Inter-Islander announce today? Inter-Islander cancels Arateri sailings due to urgent repairs. So one of the big boats is now suddenly out of action. It, it seems awfully convenient. Is there a little under the table... Uh, we we need to do repairs right now. Right now, shut one of the boats down. So it says Inter Islander has cancelled sailings of one of the ferries due to urgent repairs. We need to do urgent mechanical repairs to the engine ventilation system. We are unable to sail until this issue is fixed. The company said sailings were cancelled from Wellington at four p.m. and Picton at eight forty-five, and Tuesday from Picton at eleven a.m. Uh, the executive general manager says. Uh, we are expected to resume sailing on Tuesday from 4pm from Wellington. So that just be when the protests are supposed to be over. We are working to make the repairs as quickly as possible, but the system is difficult to access. We apologise for the disruption. And it says ferries will be in short supply for the next two months. So that's happening at the same time as th- that's been announced. Just as people would be making their way to the uh, protest... Now, anyway, goes going back to that main article, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister, Grant Robinson, said there had been significant preparation, as I mentioned, to avoid the ugly scenes caused when anti-vac... I won't say that. When anti-Voldemort virus mandate protesters clashed with police in February. Robinson said, I've led protests onto the front lawn of Parliament, but what's also important is that people do that in a way that is respectful and responsible. We did not see that in February and March. We saw an occupation. Again, they're desperate to make this New Zealand's January 6th. Uh, we saw people in Wellington threatened and abused and very distressed, Robinson said. And then there's a picture of um, some of the defence they've put up around Parliament, which are bollards and barriers have been set up around Parliament ahead of protest convoy heading to Wellington, the caption. So these massive concrete blocks and um, heavy plastic fencing being put up everywhere. Uh, the Wellington District Commander said there would be action taken against any unlawful behaviour. And Mallard, which is the Speaker of the House I believe they're referring to here, messy article stuff, Mallard said measures including restrictions on camping, cars and use of sound equipment were in place to ensure public safety and the protection of property. And then stuff add in their Fire and Fury documentary, I think it's the trailer to the documentary, right in the middle of this article. Because we have to tell you how awfully dangerous 
the freedom movement actually is. We, we won't go into what the government's done and the complete destruction of New Zealand society or the norms of New Zealand society. No, no, don't worry about any of that. Don't worry about why they're there. They're just crazy conspiracy nutbars that think that why would you not want experimental gene therapy? Why are you going against this? This is for the good of the collective. I mean, reading this sort of stuff is absolutely infuriating. And this is the propaganda arm of the government. How else can you read this? It's the propaganda arm of, arm of the government. They're fully on board with all of it, is what it seems to me anyway. In my opinion, I will add that in. Remembering this is a opinion and comedy show, commentary, comedy. You have to be a bit careful in New Zealand these days with this sort of thing. So, it then the article. <laughs> this is this is where it gets just. I mean, people. Do, do they? Re, they're so easy to control. Do they really have any idea about what? Got, so many people are absolutely deluded. Um, in the article, it then goes on to counter protest planned. The Porniki anti-fascist coalition was organising a counter-protest intended to provide, quote, visible opposition to the far-right groups because freedom is now considered far-right, individual choice and responsibility and sovereignty over your own body, freedom of speech, all of those sorts of things that were just normal, everyday things are now, to a lot of people, considered a sign of a far-right group. Uh, Coalition organiser Laura Drew said their protest would be non-confrontational with dancing and music. But but Laura, if you go up, it said that there's measures in place including restrictions on camping cars and use of sound equipment. Oh dear. That'll be interesting to see if that's going to be a, a problem for the anti-fascist coalition counter-protest. It goes on, there would be support from an emotional well-being team and people trained in de-escalation. This counter-protest, similar to that seen in Auckland earlier this month, has also been backed by the... Okay, I'll read that again, because it's, it's, it's important. This counter-protest, similar to that seen in Auckland earlier this month, has also been backed by the local branch of the Tertiary Education Union. So it's been backed by the local branch of the Tertiary... Who are the Tertiary Education Union? Union? Onto their website, teu.ac.nz. Our union, we are a movement of people working collectively, <laughs> there's the word, collectively, we are a movement of people working collectively to defend and promote quality public tertiary education that is accessible to all. We work together to address a wide range of issues affecting staff because our conditions of work are, stu- are students' conditions of learning. Um, now also on the front of this page of the Tertiary Education Union, uh, they have current campaigns, <laughs> uh, Gender Equity Toolkit. I think that says everything you need to know about them. And uh, they also have pay equity campaign, which is heating up. Uh, things like that. So that's the the Tertiary Education Union. And they're backing, the local chapter of the Tertiary Education Union is backing the Porniki Anti-Fascist Coalition. Now, <laughs> I'm just looking up who these people are. And uh, it comes up on News Hub, anti-government protest to be, to be met with Quote, love community, hate fascism, counter-protest. you gotta, you got to love it. The Freedom and Rights Coalition, or FARC in brackets, 
uh, anti-government protest in Wellington will be met with a counter-protest on Tuesday. So it's the same thing here. Uh, the organiser again says here that in a statement, it's a peaceful and non-confrontational rally aimed at standing up against, quote, hateful rhetoric in the capital. We stand for, here we go, inclusivity, good dance moves, aroha, aroha, which is love, and solidarity with minorities. With the rapid spread of misinformation and the rise of, quote, violent speech on the, in the far right, the group are encouraging anyone who is concerned to join their calls. Uh, join us tomorrow to show we love community and hate fascism. <laughs> oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Divide and conquer, and apparently freedom is fascism. Now, if you harken back to the days in February where there was the protest for weeks on end uh, outside Parliament here in New Zealand, uh, yeah, for the most part, they had terrible weather a lot of the time, and for the most part, it was very peaceful, but not one member of parliament came out. Not one sitting member of parliament came out to talk to the protest at all. They were not being heard at all. The media smeared them from the get-go, and eventually it devolved into some chaos. Now, if you can find some of the videos online, uh, I'm not sure what I'm, I'd be able to say here regarding it, but so-called sound or acoustic weapons that the protesters at the time said were being used on them and that most people laughed at, like, oh, don't be ridiculous, that's just another conspiracy, then came out months later saying, oh, yeah, sound weapon or acoustic uh, deterrence were used on protesters. Oh, okay, so we just admit it later on. Uh, and then there was some very dodgy videos coming out of there. I mean, who actually rolled up the crowd uh, after a few weeks? How to how to disperse because it was getting to be a real problem and uh instead of talking to them and, and trying to figure things out or backing down on some of these mandates which still haven't been backed down on by the way the staff have nurses and things are still all had their jobs lost and not gotten them back um there were some interesting videos that i saw come out of there including one guy with a firework for some reason letting it off Trying to rile up the crowd. Looked a little bit dodgy. I won't say too much more. A little bit dodgy. There was a car that drove in from behind the police for some reason. No one knows how the car got in behind there. And what looked like, to me anyway, a cop holding a, a weapon that could break a car window. It was almost like they were pre-prepared. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying what I saw. I'm, I'm just a clown on the internet. I'm probably a thousand percent wrong. But there was some very interesting things that happened to end the protest in February. So now we, uh, instead of discussing from a lot of the mainstream media outlets, whether it's Staff or News Hub or anybody, any of the other ones, instead of discussing and taking seriously the concerns of this freedom movement, uh, it is being framed in a way to... We're warning you against disruption and violence and breaking the law. And we're going to add in things like our, into these articles like the Fire and Fury documentary. Or some have called it a hit piece. And then we'll do interviews with local people that kind of follow the narrative. Oh, it's right. They say things like, oh, it's right to, we agree that you have the right to protest, but, you know, legally protest. You can't break the law. It's like, okay. Again, framing it and using these certain characters as the face of the freedom movement. Now, 
on top of this happening, on top of these preparations at Parliament with these big blocks of concrete and and fencing and things that's going up. And as I mentioned, the uh, one of the ferries being shut down coincidentally at a very convenient time, not saying anything, but very convenient. Uh, people like Chantal Baker and Counterspin Media have actually had their Facebook um, accounts uh, banned or suspended. Now, I speculate that this is, again, it seems to be good timing, doesn't it? I speculate that this is the whole code of conduct thing that I mentioned about a month or so ago in one of these episodes where the social media giants have signed up to this code of conduct and uh, they voluntarily signed up and it was been led by uh, NetSafe and NetSafe targets issues online such as hate speech and misinformation. So I think that uh, and and the the organisations that have signed up to the Code of Practice for Online Safety and Harms uh, obligates the firms Meta, which is Facebook and Instagram, Google, TikTok, Amazon and Twitter to actively reduce harmful content on their digital platforms and services in the country. If the public believes a company has breached the new code, they will be able to make complaints which could could result in sanctions, including being uh, asked to leave the agreement. So I would speculate that the public or even a company or even well, let's just say people with an agenda have looked at things like Counterspin and Chantal Baker. And Chantal Baker's not even anything to do with Counterspin Media. I just want to put that there. Uh, Chantal Baker is an independent uh, well, reporter and has uh, interviews people and things like that. So I just want to make that clear. But what it sounds like to me is that this code of practice for online safety and harms has been used to take those particular people or groups down and at a very interesting moment. Okay, so um, I'll, I think I'll leave it there, but this protest is supposed to happen tomorrow. Uh, let's hold the weather, let's hope that the weather holds because for the last protest there were some pretty big rainstorms that came in. I won't say anything about some pretty big rainstorms randomly coming in. Um, it is New Zealand though, we do have some wild weather. And so this protest is due to happen tomorrow, which is uh, Tuesday the 23rd when the House of Parliament sits. And we'll see what comes of it. But just keep an eye on how the media is going to report it and frame it and how they portray it instead of actually talking about the concerns and taking those concerns seriously. And really, when it comes to how things like this are portrayed, it does put many, we'll say, uh, centrist type Kiwis who for the most part, probably support the freedom movement and just being left alone for the most part and being able to make your own decisions and not being coerced and forced into medical treatment that is experimental just to be able to earn a living. And by doing it, by framing it things this way and by putting kind of controversial faces as it's quote-unquote, uh, well, the face of, which, which they aren't, but the face of these movements, it puts a lot of people off from joining them or from publicly supporting them, and that keeps those numbers down, keeps it, keeps it to a minimum. Again, that feels intentional. Anyway, I'll leave it there for today. Tomorrow, we'll probably cover some of what happened, depending on how, uh, how that goes, or we'll just maybe read a few. We'll go into a little bit anyway of it tomorrow, and also go into a bit more detail about all this sort of smart 
or smart tech. And actually, there was a great story that I watched on the weekend. So I'll bring that up tomorrow too. We'll have a bit of positivity. Why not? Eh? Leave you with a bit of positivity tomorrow. That'll be a good thing. Okay, this has been the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Remember, subscribe, like, share, comment, and you have a good rest of your day.